Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and this is a massive week for Colorado football. Uh, really hard to overstate just how important this week is. Um, the, their game on Saturday may not decide the winner of the Pac-12 South, but it, it certainly could, and I think it's very likely that this will be the difference between... Uh, making the Pac-12 title game and missing the Pac-12 title game if you are Colorado. Now, the game is against USC, a team that Colorado has struggled with in the past. We're going to get into all of that sort of stuff. Uh, We're going to get into um, what Carl Durrell and Sam Neuer and Nate Landman had to say in this morning's press conference. Um, Sam got me hyped. I really didn't think that I could have more energy going into this week. Um, But boom. Monday morning, 11 o'clock, Sam Neuer just kind of got me to a whole nother level. And we're going to get through all of that stuff later on in the show. But first, we're going to talk about why this week is so big. Because it is USC week, and because it is a week that really could uh, change the trajectory of this program within this season. And, uh, you know, on a larger level as well. Um Yeah, so that's how we're going to start. It's just kind of breaking down what's going on around Colorado and the Pac-12, why Colorado is positioned in such a great spot with that 2-0 record going up against the only other undefeated team in the Pac-12 South, um, and then maybe even daydream just a little bit about what could happen on Saturday and what that would mean going forward. Um, Big week, and we are going to start setting the tone after I tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group. Um, Green Mountain Dental is a family-owned dentistry in Lakewood, Colorado. It's 15 minutes away from downtown Denver, and they do incredible work. Uh, We've had several DMVR listeners actually switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group um, and make them their permanent family dentist. Uh, if, If you've done that, or if you're thinking about doing that, you should reach out to us and tell us what you think of Green Mountain Dental, um, just because we like to hear you say good things, and we know that you'll say good things about Green Mountain Dental. Um, again, conveniently located, family-owned, huge Colorado sports fans. The best part is if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental, they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure you take advantage of that, and then tweet at us or tag us and tag them, um, and let us know uh, your review of your trip out to Green Mountain Dental Group. All right. So, again, 
just really cannot overstate the importance of this week for Colorado. Um, let's start here. I thought that the Buffs might be in just a little bit of trouble. And then I went back and reread how the winner of the Pac-12 South will be determined. So let's go to the press release that the Pac-12 sent out about a month ago explaining exactly that. What does a team have to do to win the Pac-12 South and earn a spot in the Pac-12 title game? Well, um, let's, just, let's just read through this. In order for teams to be considered in a divisional tiebreak scenario, teams must play no less than one fewer conference game than the average number of conference games played by all conference teams, rounded up or down at .50. For example, if the average number of conference games played in the 2020 season is 5.25, a value of 5 when rounded down, a team would be eligible to win their division if that team played four conference games. So, again you're allowed to win your division even if you don't play a full schedule, like Colorado won't because they had their game canceled last week, um, as long as you fit this requirement, which should not be a problem for Colorado. Even if they lose another game, or not lose another game, I shouldn't use that, that's confusing, but uh, have another game canceled, they should still be fine, although that is where the math starts to be a little bit more tricky. Um, you actually would have to go do the math, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so the buffs are good there. Here's the other really interesting piece that helps Colorado tremendously. The winner of each division will be determined by the best winning percentage, both divisional and cross-divisional, within the conference. In the event of an unbalanced schedule where there is a tie for the best record in the loss column, head-to-head results will take precedence over winning percentage. Now that kind of hints at where we're going, but here is uh, the line that could send Colorado to the Pac-12 title game. In determining the divisional champions, the following will apply. If any team has not played six conference games due to not being able to reschedule a postponed conference game, and any team is within one conference win from the team with the highest conference winning percentage and has an equal number of losses, those teams shall be declared tied. All right. So that kind of sets the stage for uh, this whole week. Um... Let's look at these standings. At the top, you have two undefeated teams. USC gets listed first because they're 3-0. Colorado second because they're 2-0, having one less game than USC because of that cancellation last week. Again, that sounds like it'd be tough because if you if you look through the future, let's, let's just play out a scenario here. Um, Colorado wins on Saturday. They go to 3-0. Obviously, that means USC is at 3-1. and one. Well, USC doesn't have a couple of cupcakes left, but they pretty much have a couple of cupcakes left, and that'll mean that there'll be 5-1. and one. Colorado, a couple of tough games with Arizona. I mean, maybe not all that tough, but Utah, which can cause some problems for sure. Say they drop one of those two. Well, then all of a sudden, USC is 5-1. and one. Colorado is 4-1. and one. 
And you'd think that because of the winning percentage, USC would take the Pac-12 title. But actually, because of that line we just read, remember, if any team has not played six conference games and is within one conference win from the team with the highest winning percentage and has an equal number of losses, those teams shall be declared tied. That's, that's the big thing here. In the loss column, they both would have one loss. The tiebreaker would go to Colorado because they beat USC. So where does that leave us? Colorado in the Pac-12 title game. So, that's why this week is so big. Because if Colorado gets that tiebreaker over USC, then Colorado actually has a game to play with. They can lose the game to Arizona, or they can lose the game to Utah. Even if USC wins out, Colorado, because of that tiebreaker, would be ahead of USC in the final standings. Now, obviously, like if they lose to USC, and we're knocking on wood right now, um... That would leave the Buffs at 2-1. and one. That'd leave USC at 4-0. and oh, And they would be 2-1, and one, which would mean that for Colorado to finish ahead of USC, USC would have to lose each of its last two games. And again, I don't think that that's very likely um, while Colorado wins both of their last two games. So we go through all of that to say this is a very big game for Colorado. Um, I haven't run through all the Utah scenarios yet, um, but that's really the one thing that could throw a wrench in all of this because otherwise Colorado would have a loss to play with if they beat USC because you look through the rest of the standings, you see UCLA at one and two. If they win out, they're four and two. That's not good enough to get into the tiebreaker. Plus UCLA would lose that tiebreaker to Colorado. Um, Arizona State at 0-1, you know, they could make a run. Uh, and if they do make a run, uh, I guess things could get interesting. Having two games canceled, again, brings in that other rule that says that you have to have the minimum number of games played based on how many games are played by everybody else. Um, I'm not sure what that math would look like. Um, say they are eligible, well, they'd be 3-1, and one. So that would mean that USC and Colorado tied at 5-1, and 4-1. and one. Well, actually, the way the rule works, they'd have to be within one game of 5-1, and one, which would mean 4-1, and one, so they wouldn't be able to make it into the tiebreaker in that case. But I guess if USC lost, so I guess it does get a little bit fuzzy. For the most part, they're basically out of it. Um, Utah... The game against Colorado, they're they're basically in the same situation as Arizona State, except they get to play Colorado. Um, Arizona at 0-2. Again, something crazy would have to happen for one of those teams to to really be in it late for that last game of the season to mean something um, before the Pac-12 title game. (sighs) Hopefully that all made sense. It would be nice if this was like a, a video podcast and I could make one of these poor producers at DMVR make some animation that shows all the different things that could happen. Um, but what you need to know going into this week, summing everything up, Colorado should have a tiebreaker over USC if Colorado wins. It would take some cancellations and that kind of stuff for things to get weird there. Um, Colorado should be able to lose one of its last two games and still win the Pac-12 title. 
that's a good situation to be in. If Colorado loses, they would need to win out and they'd need USC to lose out. And you'd also be bringing more teams into the mix, potentially. Okay, I think that that's about it about that. And we can move on um, to things that don't make my head hurt so much. Uh, Specifically, Sam Neuer getting me super fired up for this week at a time when I was trying to calm myself down. Uh, and the reason is I think he got his team fired up in a meeting earlier this week. And we're going to talk all about that after I tell you about our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Tis the season for giving and to celebrate the start of the most joyous time of the year. DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players the opportunity to cash in on a no-brainer this Thanksgiving. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to double your money if either Baltimore or Pittsburgh scores a touchdown in Thursday night's game. All it takes for you to double your money is one touchdown. Yes, you heard that right. All you have to do is opt into the promotion, place your bet, and then sit back and watch the ball enter the end zone. Easy as pie. On top of that great offer, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new players a deposit bonus up to $1,000. The holiday season is a time for family, so curl up on your couch with your favorite sports book and make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to double your money if either Pittsburgh or Baltimore scores a touchdown in Thursday night's game. That's right. All it takes is one touchdown and you double your money when you use promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also check out Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, I'm sure families are looking for some fun outdoor activities during the shutdown here in Denver. Well, look no further. Breck has set up an awesome skating rink outside of the farmhouse. It's only $3 to skate with your own skates or $6 for skate rentals. They also have an awesome tubing hill that is currently free. Parents, enjoy beers and delicious food in a cozy outdoor setup and let the kids enjoy some winter wonderland fun. Um, also, if you're not interested in going out and taking advantage of that, uh, you can find Breckenridge beers pretty much wherever you are. Um, if you're in Colorado, you can find them at most grocery stores. You can find them at, uh, liquor stores and gas stations all over the place. If you're not in Colorado, you can find them in 36 different States. And so there's a good chance that you can find them near you. Uh, if you want to know where you can pick up your favorite Breckenridge beer or whichever one you're interested in trying, whether it's the Broncos Country, Hoppy Pale Ale, the Palisade Peach, um, the Avalanche Amber Ale. You can do so by getting onto Breckenridge Brewery's website, going to the beer locator, and it will tell you exactly where to pick up whatever beer it is that you want to try. All right, uh, back into football now. Um, All right, got my notes pulled up. We're going to start at the top with Carl Durrell. Uh, He was the first one to talk with us. We're going to be hearing from him again on Wednesday, um, which will be his last media availability of the week as well. Uh, Today he said, well, in his opening statement, he basically said, there really isn't much to report from last week to this week. 
Um, he said it was a good week of practice, and they're excited to play. Um, he did watch the USC game, of course. He said that uh, they're maximizing their opportunities every week. Um, there's a great opponent in front of the Buffs. Uh, they're undefeated. They're playing well, and they get better every week. Um, and the big thing is they can finish games. Um, that's something that we've seen from USC uh, in the last few weeks. Um, you know, obviously the the comeback over Arizona State in Week One, there was some fluky stuff, including like onside kicks and all that. Um, there's also uh, the next week uh, they they played Arizona and end up pulling out a 34-30 win um, after putting together a uh, six-play, 75-yard drive to take the lead with under two minutes on the clock. Um, and then the most recent week, they play Utah, and that was just like a good, clean, end-to-end win, um, including closing it out at the end. Uh, so that's something that Carl Durrell said um, came to mind. Um, he also, as I just said, played a good game this week from start to finish for the first time. Um, the defense made some plays to create momentum, and then the offense took advantage. Uh, he talked about Keaton Slovis, the sophomore quarterback for USC, who gets uh, some some big-time national hype. Carl said that he had a great sense of his offense. Um, that's a very inspired team, and USC played very well on both sides of the ball. Um... Uh, in talking about um, what it's like to get the off week, I think he was asked, like, does it give you a benefit? And he said, sometimes the goal from week to week is to stay in a rhythm. And he felt like with two wins, his team was in a rhythm. And he kind of wanted to keep his team in a rhythm. Um, and that you lose that when you take a week off. At the same time, he said, like, we'll, we'll be ready to get out there and compete. And he did say, like, you know, it's good. There were some guys who were kind of banged up get them a little bit more rest. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're looking at. Carl got asked a, a few questions about the ability to schedule non-conference games. And he said, basically, like, last week, uh, there there wasn't anything in place going into the week, so you really didn't know what it would look like until too late in the week. He did say that now that the Pac-12 does have some sort of procedure for scheduling non-conference games when your conference opponent drops out, um that it would be easier to get something like that going um, in the future. Um, and he said that he expects a lot of schools to look for opportunities to play when their opponents do cancel. Uh, he was asked specifically about the Rocky Mountain Showdown, and he said that, you know, it still lies as an option down the road if the cancellations line up or something. Um, but he said that there are many more games to be played down the road. Um, talking about COVID, he said it's all over. Uh, it's hitting all sorts of programs across the country and just really don't know what sort of options they're going to be looking at as they go through the rest of the season. Uh, he said that the rest was like a silver lining um, to having the week off. It really doesn't make up for it. Um, but uh, he did say that it helps. And he said that they're still trying to create depth. And uh, you kind of got that benefit on both sides in that the, the players who were hurt had a little bit of time to pull themselves together. Uh, and the guys who backed them up had a chance to get a couple more reps in practice. Um, and, and so that was nice to see. Um, and he did say that the goal is to use as many players as possible. And getting those reps helps them do that. Um he got asked about losing against USC. Uh, you know, the Buffs have never beaten USC. They're 0-14 all time. Um, had a real chance last year. 
Uh, and he said that they're trying to create a name for themselves. They're trying to get a chance to play for the Pac-12 title. Um, it wasn't he wasn't part of the history against USC, um, but USC is an opponent that he's going to be playing every year, and it's going to be a critical game every year, and it's always going to be an important game. Uh, and so, getting over that hump would be nice. Um, he said that last week they really didn't focus too much on USC just because they were. They, they were thinking like there's a real chance that we wind up playing a game this week and we don't want to be thinking too far ahead um, and then have to like shift gears and totally change everything that we've been trying to implement. Um, he did say, though, that they did get a really great chance to focus on fixing themselves and also that uh, they did on Saturday have a walkthrough kind of introducing USC and they did get a one-day head start on the Trojans. I was asked kind of a broad question about Chev um, and basically said uh, they, they've stayed in contact since Chev was one of Carl's receivers back in the day at Colorado. Uh, he said it's nice to have somebody that you know in that offensive coordinator position. Um, and he said that there's a, a, so many guys with so many different areas of expertise and Chev does a really good job piecing together all the information from all the uh, other offensive coaches and kind of pushing it into one big basket of knowledge that they have, things that they can run, and then kind of forming that to fit the strengths of the Buffs personnel. Um, Carl said they feels really good about the offensive staff. Uh, Chev has done a great job with them. There's a big test in front of them, though, and they're going to have to see what this offense looks like when they go up against a USC instead of against uh, UCLA or against a Stanford. Um, he does say that's the it's been good progress so far, but the bigger games are starting to come up, and now we have to see if we can build against better opponents. Um, he did say that there have been plays left on the field, and that's true on both sides of the ball. Uh, two more points from Carl said again that it's a big game this week and it's even bigger because it's a shortened season. Um, they're hopeful to be a factor in the Pac-12 race. Uh, they want to be in the thick of it when the games matter most. You know, that's kind of their goal. And there's going to be a lot of significance this week as we have covered. Um, okay, last note. He was asked about a, a potential Stanford rematch last week. Um, and he said, like, we felt like we'd already done that. Um, but who knows? You know, it's not really his decision to decide. Um, he said uh, that the scenario may come up again. Um, but this time when it happened, he said, we really didn't think much of it when we saw the news that Stanford's opponent had canceled on them since we just played them. Um, so that's kind of where their heads were at. Moving on to Sam. Sam Neuer said that... Uh, he set up a Christmas tree in his apartment and, and a whole bunch of Christmassy decorations. I wouldn't bring that up other than to say that the reason was because his mom told him to put up a tree because he isn't going to be home for Christmas. Love it. Um, the, the reference there is that all of the bowl games are, I think like, let's see, I think it's between December 22nd and January 1st. So uh, as long as the Buffs win one more game, they will uh, not be home for Christmas, which would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, let's see. Back to the notes. Um, 
said that it wasn't bad to have uh, a bye. He said that it gave him some extra, or it gave the team some extra time to uh, feel better and get ready for USC. Uh, he said everybody handled it really well and that they're ready to go. Um, I asked him if he, like, in particular, felt like his body was feeling better. And he said uh, that he feels like his body is holding up, but it's always good to get a week off. Um, he said that uh, he needs to slide more. Um, again, I think my favorite line was, I probably shouldn't be as airborne as I have been, which is just an incredible line to hear from a quarterback. Um, but he says he's feeling good. Let's see. Oh, he also expanded from there. He said, like, again, he needs to slide more. He understands he needs to slide more. But then you get out there and you see the situation. Like, you feel the adrenaline. And it's like, yeah, how do you not just go get more? And he said that, you know, even if if he is sliding more, if there's a first down or or something like that that he can go pick up, well, then he's going to put his shoulder down and he's just going to go get it done because it's football. Um he also said uh, some stuff about USC. Um, he said that he did watch a lot of film. Um, he said it's a great physical team. The defense brings a lot of pressure. He said that it's not your typical USC defense. It isn't just a, a bunch of man coverage with a single high safety back behind it. Um, they're doing some different things. Um, he did say that you still see a lot of that, uh, but there are some differences. Um and then, of course, he said, like, they, they do a good job recruiting. It's a talented team. And we know that we need to put up points. So there's some good stuff. Uh, and we're going to close out the Sam portion with uh, this note. And I'll actually just let Sam say what happened. You've been around for a while now, but since you've been here, you guys haven't been able to beat USC. Is that something that you've talked about in the locker room at all? Uh, absolutely. You know, I think I, I set up in front of our, we had a team meeting on Friday or Saturday actually. And I sat there and I addressed the guys and I said, Hey, look, uh, you know, this has never been done in Colorado history. And I, and I, and I paused and I said, let that sink in. Like we have never beat USC. And you could see guys in their eyes. They, they were like, wow, like, like it's time. Like we need to do it. And obviously we felt as if, Last year we could have we had the opportunity to do it and we let it slip away. So um, you know this is this is a really important one for for us older guys, but also we're trying to get that engraved in the, in the younger guys' head that you know it's got to be just as important for them as well. Okay, so that's some good stuff from uh, Sam. That's what you want to hear, right? Like the the quarterback during the team meeting got up in front of the team and said, "You know what? We've never beaten this team before." And it's time for us to go beat this team. Uh, it, 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 it's not like we needed one more reason to, to root for Sam Neuer and, and the whole thing that he's been through in his time uh, at Colorado to now being in this situation. But if you were looking for another reason to root for him, there you go. Uh, that's, that's just good quarterback stuff. That's what a quarterback is supposed to do in that situation. Um, also, sorry that you could hear me typing up my notes during all that. Um, wasn't planning on playing any audio because I didn't think we'd get an answer like that. So uh, hopefully you're hyped because I'm hyped for USC. Oh, it's going to be a long five, six days to get there, though. Um, all right. Uh, Nate. 
He said uh, that there are, they actually held a player-run meeting. I'm not sure if that's the same meeting that uh, Sam stood up in. It could have been. Um, but he said that they talked about the opportunity that Colorado has right now, um, being 2-0 and in this shortened season, understanding what's going on around him. Uh, and, and he said, yeah, we understand that this is the biggest game of the season so far. We're not treating it as anything crazy. We're, we're just going out there and we're doing our jobs. But we do realize what's on the line. Uh, he says that he personally wants to beat USC. He's from California, but from a ways away from USC. And he said, they've bested me three times. I'm going to do everything in my power to not let that happen again. That that if if the if the starting quarterback is supposed to stand up in front of everybody and say like, "Hey, elephant in the room, we've never beaten these guys, and we know that we can. We know that we almost did last year. It's time to go do it now." Then the linebacker's job, your star linebacker's job, is to say, "They've beaten me three times. They aren't doing it again." You know, it, it's just this team is built in, in a way that. I really like, and the personalities fit very well with the roles. Um, it's part of what makes it so much fun to see them doing what they're doing. Um, but let's see. Uh, he went on to say that his high school tight end is actually the starting tight end at uh, USC. And so for him, there's just a little bit extra. Um, but then he did say, like, you know, there's that going on, and, and I'm excited about that, but. He's just excited to get out there with his teammates and make history. Mm, they're fired up. Um, uh, and he said, like, well, how's, the, how's the defense feel, all the practice, that kind of stuff? And he said, you know what? We're a better defense today than we were yesterday, and that's the goal. Uh, we went back to the basics a little bit during the bye week. Um, you know, we need to finish games. And he said even though the games that they've played have been really fun because they've come down to the wire, he says his nerves are shot. Um, all right. Uh, he also said that uh, he believes that the Buffs have one of the best run defenses in the Pac-12, if not the best. I totally agree. And, you know, I, I think for me what really clicked was watching Oregon play UCLA this week and seeing Demetric Felton just beat up that defense. And, you know, I, I wonder what those numbers were. I might as well pull them up um, since we're talking about it and I don't want to be totally wrong. Um, because I wasn't like tracking stats or anything. I was just like watching. And but he was breaking tackles. And and UCLA's offensive line was generating running lanes. And you'll remember Demetric Felton basically got bottled up against Colorado. Yeah. So Demetric Felton, 34 carries, 167 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. He was uh he was making that defense look bad. And if he made that defense look bad and he made Colorado's defense look good, then Colorado's defense is better than Oregon's and Oregon is the standard bearer for defense. Um, so yeah, Nate made a good point. Um, last point, USC looked good to Nate. Uh, he said they looked very physical and he said that it's going to be a great game. So there you go. Um, I think that that's going to do it for today. Uh, we're going to get out of here a little bit on the shorter end of podcast, I guess. Uh, and there's a lot to look forward to this week. Um, tomorrow is going to be a season preview of the men's basketball team. They'll start playing on Wednesday. 
Ben Girding, DMVR buffs, internal beyond talking uh, buffs, basketball. There will be, let's see, so I have media availabilities for football Tuesday and Wednesday. I think we might just cover all of that on Wednesday's podcast and then get into USC on Wednesday as well. That might be a little bit longer one. Um, we'll see because there's a lot to talk about with USC. Um, and then on Friday, we'll have a preview of the USC Colorado game going through the matchups. Um, at some point in there, I'm not sure if we're going to fit in Wednesday or fit in Friday, but one of the times when we're talking about uh, USC in this game, um, there's some buffs points I want to touch on. Things like Jarek Broussard having like the the most forced missed tackles per carry. Um, I think it, I think it's like the fourth most out of like the top thirty running backs and carries in the Pac-12 this season. Um, and Dimitri Stanley being number one in yards per route run out of the slot um, in the Pac-12, ahead of some like big name dudes. Um, stuff like Nate Landman blowing everybody out of the water in run stop percentage. And I think it was narrowed down to just like maybe the top dozen or so linebackers and snaps were all that really qualified. But I think Nate had made the tackle on 27% of opponents run plays, um, with the next highest being 15 and there's like a few at 15 and a few at 14. And then that's where everything really starts. But Nate has almost double the rate of anybody else in the conference. He's been on fire. And so there's some Colorado stuff that I want to talk about as well. Really just a whole lot to cover. And I'm not sure how we're going to fit it all in this week. So uh, stay tuned. A lot of good stuff coming your way. Starting with some basketball talk tomorrow. And we might have to fit some football in there as well. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, appreciate reviews. If you could give like five stars on wherever you listen to podcasts, that would be huge for me and for DMVR. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow with Ben. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Hey. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it. Swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a rain? Nah.
from Boulder, Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start, hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of warriors. Got me feeling tribal. Big 12, here we come. We ain't worried about arrival. If you want it, come and get it. We'll wait for your arrival. When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival. Why you make it, why you make it. Yeah, you better bring your Bible. Great big blind side, flat line, no revival. Get them bucks, get them bucks. Mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we add them. like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it, play. Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.